my thing is just that life is too short and I think life is meant to be lived and to be enjoyed there's so much of this world that needs to be explored and I feel like traveling isn't just about going to nice places and tanning in the sun and eating nice food and staying at beautiful hotels it's not just about that it's about the people you meet it's about the experiences it's about learning new traditions about new religions new cultures traveling has given me my identity not just because it's now my career and it's my job but also because it's really shaped my view on matters it's really made me understand what's important in life and what isn't welcome to the genius women podcast I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer with work in some incredible publications like National Geographic, Farm Magazine, and more. And this year, you'll see my name in places like Condé Nast Traveler. I'm on a mission to help other women who want to grow their travel storytelling careers go after their dreams while feeling supported, worthy, and bold. If you're ready to ditch your fear and doubt to the side, step into your brilliance and take action on your dreams, you're in the right place. Let's go. Today, I'm very excited to bring you the conversation I had with a brilliant travel photographer, Nancy Lova. Nancy quit her job in real estate to pursue her dream of becoming a travel photographer, and she has since worked with great publications like Suitcase, Condé Nast Traveler, Travel and Leisure, and more. On our chat, Nancy shares so much great wisdom and insights, including an absolutely refreshing and effective way she deals with rejections. My conversation with Nancy was one of the most inspiring chats I've had to date, and I loved our conversation. Before we get to today's episode, want to get your question answered on our show? Visit GeniusWomen.com question to submit yours, and we'll answer it in a dedicated episode at the end of the season. And remember, women is spelled as W-O-M-X-N. That's GeniusWomen.com question. Okay, let's dive in. All right. Welcome to our podcast, Nancy. I'm really excited to welcome you to our show today and to get to know uh, your story and your path and to talk about all the brilliant work and the publications that you've been able to work with, which is really exciting. So welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to sharing everything. Great. So before we start, can you please tell me how are things in the UK? So currently at the moment in the UK, we're in our third lockdown. You know, I'd be lying if I said that everything's okay. It is a lot tougher than the first two, but there is some hope that we're looking forward to as we do have the vaccine here. So many people have started getting vaccinated and it looks like lockdown will potentially start easing. So we're all just looking forward to that. That's the one thing that we're all kind of holding on to at the moment. So fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. And goodness, it's been a year already and it feels like it's been an eternity, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It really does feel like it's just been going on for so long, especially here in the UK with everything that's been going on. I feel like it's dragged on for too long only because I feel like we should have acted a lot quicker. But yeah, like I said, there's some hope at the end of all of this. So hopefully we'll be out soon. 
Yes, and back to traveling, which is a passion for both you and I. So let's talk about that. I'd like to start this conversation where I often started, which is tell me, what was Nancy dreaming about as a child? Right, so when I, as a child, I didn't actually know what I wanted to be. Even throughout my teens and up to like my early 20s, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, what I was even good at. I felt like, especially as I grew older, everyone kind of had that one thing that they were really good at, whether it was, I don't know, they were really good at academics, like maths and science, or, you know, really good at drawing or singing and dancing. And I just sat there and thought, what am I actually good at? So I didn't really have anything as a child that I was really into. But I guess one thing I did enjoy was painting and drawing from time to time and ironically I used to love drawing beaches I just used to just have this fixation of being on a beach next to palm trees with coconuts and soft white sand and that's all I used to really draw as a little girl especially as my mum and I we didn't really go on holiday much when I was little so I used to kind of like fantasize about that so I guess Yeah, that was one thing that I used to get into when I was little, but I didn't really have one specific thing that I dreamt of becoming. It's interesting because I ask this question and I'm always interested to hear what people respond because I feel like oftentimes in our society, this question, right? What do you want to be when you grow up when we ask uh, kids that? And it's a lot of pressure to put on, on a young person. Like I didn't figure out what I really wanted to do with my life until I was in my 30s. And I do feel like it's a lot of pressure, you know, when, when you're 18 to figure out what you want to go and study in school, in college and what your profession is going to be when you're still so young and you still don't really know a lot about yourself yet. Sometimes it feels to me like this whole process is backwards for us. We shouldn't be putting all this pressure on people to commit to something and to know what they want to do when they're just learning so much about themselves, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel like there is a lot of pressure for young people now to kind of have it all figured out. I think looking back now is about maybe, you know, between the ages of 16 to 18, 19, I kind of wish that the creative side of things for kids and young people was promoted a lot more because when I was growing up, there was this pressure of, you know, what do you want to be when you're older? What do you want to be when you leave school and college? And it was like installed into our heads that you had to become a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer. And even though those things are great they're amazing professions I felt like they were the most realistic ones no one ever said oh how about photographer or you know an artist or a fashion designer no one really thought about that and if you didn't really have that in your head at the time no one tried to install that it was like people tried to give you the idea that you had to go down a more safer realistic route I love that you brought this up Nancy because in some way that is the whole reason why this podcast exists actually right it's because even today we still see this career path as something very intangible very dangerous let's say very unrealistic and it's much safer to pursue those other professions that you know in our society are considered to be the safe choice and I agree I think if we talk about this with kids from an early age and we open up this world of possibilities to them, then, you know, it becomes something that's within reach and it's so important. Any work that we do with kids is so important, right? Because kids are so impressionable and they just soak everything up like a sponge. So if we can open up 
their world to all these different possibilities. That would just be such an amazing thing for a child. I agree. I definitely agree. I think um, I think if there was more encouragement and support for us when we were younger, I think these sort of paths would be more easier to pursue and go down. I feel like becoming a photographer or being an artist or something is still very much just a dream and almost it's quite silly for some people to try and picture it. They look at you like you're crazy. It's like, how can you be a photographer? What's that? How are you going to earn money? I mean, why do you want to do that? Just go and work in an office. And not to say there's anything wrong with working in an office, but I just think it's like, why can't you understand what I want to do and just understand that sometimes it's about being happy more than just doing something that's realistic or the norm to other people? Yes, absolutely. I have a lot to say on that particular point because I was in that uh, safe path, in, in corporate path, and I was so miserable doing that. And ever since I became a travel photographer and writer, I've like I've never once regretted my decision. So yeah, I resonate with that a lot. We'll discuss your path and how you got from working in an office to being this amazing travel photographer. But before we do, tell me a little bit more about your childhood. You were born in Moscow. Did you grow up there or did you grow up somewhere else? So I grew up there until I was about 10. I then moved to London with my mum and it was quite a quiet childhood. I don't remember anything about Russia. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like anything before the age of like maybe 11 or 12, it's just a blur. It's just black. I don't remember anything. It's really quite um, but I moved here when I was about 10, I'd say. And um, it was just my mum and I. I'm an only child. So yeah, it was quite a quiet childhood. It was quite, I guess, comfortable. But yeah, just my mum and I. I can see why you were drawing all those warm beaches if you were in Moscow during the winters or even London for that matter is that uh, warm in the winter but Moscow winters can be so brutal yeah the weather in Moscow is yeah it's really cold in the UK it's not exactly Barbados it is it, it the weather is all over the place here and it tends to be quite wet so yeah I was definitely dreaming about beaches from quite early on and I hope you got to go to some beaches but yeah we'll get to that part okay so you were in London London and you moved there when you were about 10 or 12. So how did you go from a young person in London to a job in the office to becoming a travel photographer? Walk us through some of the key moments there. I got into a state agency, so real estate, from quite early on in my early 20s. And again, it was literally because I used to sit and watch, you know, those property shows, the ones based abroad. Oh, yeah, I watch those too. They're great. So the ones that are like the usual places like Spain, Greece, Italy, I used to watch a lot of TV property shows about Brits going abroad and buying properties there. And then my mum used to say to me, she said, oh, you could do something like that. You could easily work in property and perhaps one day work abroad or something so I thought oh I'll give it a go so I started applying for different companies and I got my foot through the door in property I was selling mainly new builds and off-plan developments I loved working in a state agency it was great it was probably the some of the best years of my life so far it was a lot of fun I met some amazing friends that I'm still you know really close with now but then I think after a few years I just I think I took a look around and just looked at myself and I just thought oh my god I feel like I'm in a rat race I thought this can't be it I thought there must be there must be more 
to life. And I remember, especially during those years of me working in a state agency, I used to go on a lot of holidays. So whenever I had time off, I didn't care if it was just a few days or a week or so, I would go abroad. And that's where my love for travel started to really develop. It was the freedom. I used to go to a lot of places solo as well. And I thought, this is amazing. Returning, I was just so sad. I love the feeling this gives me. I love how much I'm learning about different cultures and different countries and cities and like completely detaching myself away from that and then going back to working. I just thought, no, this can't be real. This can't be right. And then I made the decision of coming away from property, coming away from the corporate world altogether. And yeah, I just decided to focus on photography a lot more. But before I actually came to that decision, I forgot to mention, I had a few friends at the time who noticed a lot of my photos whenever I would go away. And I would just use my iPhone and just take photos like any other tourist. But my friend said, these are actually really great shots. Like you should invest in a camera, you should invest in a laptop and try and take this up as a hobby and and take it more seriously. And then if it winds up to being something more professional, then great. So I thought, you know what, why not? Like I'll give it a go. So it started off as a hobby when it came down to photography. I had website, I had brand page and I'd post things regularly. And I was getting a little bit of attention here and there, but I really loved having something for myself. I really loved having a thing of my own and just something to like escape to when work was finished or on the weekends. So when I started to do more of the photography, building my website more and try to get more attention just thought you know what why not like why not just combine travel and photography and just do this more often and actually have this become my reality and then that also encouraged me to step away from a state agency and the corporate world altogether and just really focus on this I love so much of what you just shared with us and just comment on a couple of points first of all I can relate so much to that feeling of coming back from a trip to your current reality with this job and feeling like really this dread is this really all there is because that was exactly my feelings as well and I also used every single vacation day that I could to go away and to explore and I felt like I was truly alive in those times when I'm traveling when I'm exploring and when I came back and got back to my job was when I died a little bit every time so gosh I just relate to that so much and I think a lot of people feel this way it's really sad to me to think that how many people for whatever reason they don't get to explore that side of themselves because it's a really difficult decision to say you know what I'm going to explore and I'm going to investigate what this other path could be like for me and I just feel like if more people were able to do that then our world would have been such a happier place because there's so many people who are not fulfilled in what they do in their lives. I think if more of us are fulfilled, then we could have a happier world to live in. 
my thing is just that life is too short and I think life is meant to be lived and to be enjoyed there's so much of this world that needs to be explored and I feel like traveling isn't just about going to nice places and tanning in the sun and eating nice food and staying at beautiful hotels it's not just about that it's about the people you meet it's about the experiences it's about learning new traditions about new religions new cultures traveling has given me my identity not just because it's now my career and it's my job but also because it's really shaped my view on matters it's really made me understand important in life and what isn't. It's really humbled me. It's made me extremely grateful for everything. Yeah, travel has really shaped me as a person. So I owe a lot of what I have now to it. So yeah, I definitely think people should explore that avenue and also take the plunge in in pursuing a passion because like I said life is too short and if something isn't fulfilling you then you need to get rid of it and just start a new journey. Absolutely I agree with you and I think the other thing that stood out for me when you were sharing this particular part of your story is that the importance of someone putting you on this path or inspiring you to make a pivot for this path so like you mentioned your friends right they mentioned hey, you should really consider looking more into photography and investigating that path. It's interesting because the more people I interview, more often than not, it seems like there is always somebody that people meet on their path that says something or does something with them and somehow opens up this whole new avenue, often without even knowing where it could lead. But I feel like that happens often. And it's just so interesting how that works. That Sometimes people we meet, people can tell us something and they can drastically change the direction of our lives even. I was really lucky to have a friend at the time who saw something that perhaps I just didn't believe in or perhaps I didn't notice just yet. And at the time, she didn't really have anything that she was really fully invested in terms of a hobby or a passion. But it was just so nice that even though she might have not had anything for herself, she still saw something within me. I just remember she really got onto me and it was almost quite pressuring, but in a good way. And she said, I'm like, you've got to do this you've got something that you can really pursue you need to do it there's people that are out there really making money from this and following their dreams and having a great time and living their lives like you can be one of those people too I was really blessed and lucky to have someone really give me that nudge because I guess when you want to give everything up and start a new journey and follow a dream you feel not only just scared but you feel embarrassed as well because you think people they're going to laugh at you but it's great when you have even just one person person encouraging you um, and telling you that you can do this. Yeah, we just need that encouragement. It's so important. I'm glad that you had a friend like that on your journey. And the other thing too, is that sometimes when we have, let's say, a talent or a gift or a certain skill comes naturally to us, like you were saying, you were taking pictures with your iPhone and your friend saw something in that. Oftentimes when it comes naturally to us, we don't really think that much of it because it comes natural, but other people can really see it as a gift that it is. So it's always useful to get that outside perspective and the more people we can surround ourselves with who can 
nurture those gifts in us. I think that also is something helpful on the creative path specifically, you know, when other people can nurture those pieces to us, because it's not an easy path. Like you mentioned, the judgment, the embarrassment, the shame, the doubt, the uncertainty, there's just so much to deal with that the more people we can have in our community who support us on this path, the easier I think the path will be. I agree. Definitely think it's so important to truly have people that care about you and support you. Because for me, for example, I really hate when someone just says, oh, but why don't you just go and look for a different job? Or why don't you just go and do this? Especially when sometimes it's never smooth sailing. Whenever you're in any type of creative journey, it's never smooth sailing. There's going to be times where you have a bit of a downfall, where things aren't going right. And the last thing you want to hear from people is telling you, oh, but why don't you just go and apply for that job? And you just think, no, I love the friends that are, they're not unrealistic. They just truly believe in you where they just say, no, you have to keep going. You really have to keep going and it's going to work out. And I love that kind of support. That's so important. And Nancy, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Just go get a job. Just stop this. It's not giving you the results that you want. You're not becoming famous quickly enough or whatever. (laughs) You're right. I always talk about commitment, right? Committing to this path. And we have to keep going because unfortunately, overnight success is a dream or it's not a dream. It's a myth. It's really a myth. Nothing ever happens overnight. We really have to stay committed to this path and we have to keep going. I love that you have friends that can tell you things like that because it's just so important. I definitely think in terms of staying committed and being consistent and everything, I think that's really important. There's two things, for example, with me, when people hear that I'm an only child, people think instantly, oh, you're just so spoiled. And I think, no, definitely not. There isn't the balance of mum and dad there isn't anything I have to keep going and I think that sometimes scares me because I think if things go wrong that I only have myself to pick me up and make things work I don't have someone to call up and and say oh could you help me out with this and could you do this for me could you lend me this there's no way I have to look after myself and I think also that kind of drives me because I personally hate asking for help anyway also because I know I don't really have help from anywhere else I am more hungry to make this successful so that's what kind of drives me to keep going. So what happened next? So you decided, okay, I'm going to try this new path. I'm going to do travel and photography full time. And you left your job in real estate. Was there something that happened? Because I guess what I'm trying to get at is that particular moment when you say, you know what, I'm doing this. I'm always interested in that moment because usually there's like this whole build up. You're thinking about it. You're mulling it over in your head. You're maybe planning out some scenarios. And then one day you're like, you know what? I'm doing this. So how did that unfold for you? I think it was actually a trip that I had. Now people must get exhausted about me talking about it all the time. I owe so much of my life to India because it really did save me in so many ways. And it was out there where I I only took a limited amount of photos. Ironically, I only had my camera around the hotel and on the settings around the hotel, but I didn't really venture out with my camera very much. I only really had my phone. And because 
because at the time I wasn't really in a good place. So I wasn't thinking of photography. I wasn't thinking like that. I was just thinking, I just want to clear my head. I just want to have a good time. And that was it. But it was India that just made me think, let me give this a go. The photos I took, the limited amount of photos I did take when I was out there, I looked back on and I thought, oh my God, they're actually, they're really good. And they're getting quite a bit of attention on Instagram. So that's when I thought, let me just try and push this. Let me try and do more of this and start approaching the right people, approaching the right brands and seeing if not even from the perspective of making money, that's not really on the forefront of my mind. It was more about just getting noticed and just start working with people. I definitely say it was India, but then I think also after that trip, I remember taking a look at myself and thinking, I've got a hobby here and I really enjoy it and I want to pursue it further. I want to pursue it as my reality. There was a time where I would go through a lot of stories of quite a few famous people who are like really successful now. I love reading these kind of stories the ones where the celebrities that got fired in like their late 20s or early 30s or the people that started their businesses in their 30s or 40s or musicians that only signed big record deals when much later on in life I used to think oh my god this is amazing these are people who are so huge now so successful and they started from nowhere they started from nothing and at any point in their life and I just thought I'm gonna give this a go like I'm gonna do the same I'm gonna do what I want to do now just go all out I'm not going to be half-hearted and yeah so I think it was just those two things I definitely think it was the trip to India and also just coming across a lot of stories and paths of others and just feeling inspired by them I can't remember which magazine it was now, but I read your, I think it was Condé Nast, perhaps. It was a story about your trip to India. And I believe it was about your boyfriend at the time as well. And I just remember the photos are so beautiful. And for our listeners, we're going to link to a couple of stories that Nancy did. So you can see yourself, the photos, the imagery is just really beautiful. You can see that India has a special meaning for you. But what I'm curious about is you are published in all these amazing magazines like Travel and Leisure, like Condé Nast, like Suitcase Magazine. Tell us, how did you go about approaching some of those publications at first? A lot of the time it was just direct messaging them, going on their website and just trying to find a contact there and also going on their Instagram and just direct messaging the pages themselves, just saying, I really want to do this and I would love to work with you. When I first started approaching some of these magazines and some people, I don't actually know what came over me because I talked to some people in the industry for quite a while and they haven't done that themselves. Like some still haven't they feel, oh my God, you actually spoke to this person, spoke to that person. And I'm like, yeah, like, why wouldn't I? What have I got to lose? No one's going to bite me. Like, <laughs> it's either I try or I don't. And some people are, are quite amazed by that. But yeah, I would either just direct message and I was just so oblivious to everything. I just thought, well, I'm just going to give it a go. What else can I do? A lot of the time, some of these websites as well, they have actual contact information that's quite helpful in terms of the best people to speak to or how to actually structure a pitch or things like that. But sometimes it is just doing your own research. 
and just getting in touch and don't be disheartened. And that was it really. I remember when I first started trying to make contact, I got so many rejections. It was ridiculous. I got so many and I just thought, well, I don't care. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to keep trying. The funny story is actually, I remember my first thing, this is so embarrassing, but I'll say, I remember actually sending some photos to Condé Nast Traveller in London and I was sent some photos, but actual print photos. And I was like, I really want to work with you guys. And here's some examples of my photos. I was so ditzy. I had no clue what I was doing. Looking back now, it's funny to me and it makes me laugh, but it just goes to show that I would go to any length just to get noticed and just to start working with some of these brands. And lo and behold, a few years later, I'm here, I'm featured with some great, amazing magazines. And yeah, you have to start from somewhere. Goodness, Nancy, I'm so grateful that you have shared this with us because this is probably the most important thing ever that you can hear on this podcast is that you have to stand up for yourself and you have to reach out to people and you have to be really, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't give up and you have to do it until you get somewhere with it. And what I'm hearing from your story is that you had such a drive and you had such a determination to say, you know what, I'm making this my reality, no matter what happens, no matter how many rejections I'm going to get, and I'm going to reach out to people, I'm not going to sit and wait until somebody notices me, because in our crowded world, that's not really that easy to be noticed, but I'm going to take this into my own hands, and I'm going to start reaching out, and I won't stop until I do, and that's just so powerful, and I'm getting goosebumps even like thinking about it, because that's really it, that's really it, you have to take control of your own destiny and that's exactly what you did and look at the results you were talented in the beginning too but now you have these incredible opportunities to work with these brands that were not so much even perhaps due to your talent but due to your determination to make this happen I was definitely very determined I just kept telling myself no it's okay it's fine I'm, I'm gonna get there soon and they're gonna notice me very soon I just kept going I didn't give up I wasn't embarrassed by by emailing whoever or DMing whoever. I just thought I'm just going to go for it. And what have I got to lose? Sometimes that is, like you said, you know, you can have an amazing talent, but now with so many different social media platforms and so many emerging artists and everything and photographers and writers, it's so hard to just expect to be noticed out of the crowd. It's very difficult. So sometimes you really do just have to fight through the crowd and make yourself be noticed. Like you have to make people see you and that's what I thought I'll do. I'm very glad I've done that. Me too. Again, I just love that you shared this on our podcast because I feel like this is really the most important insight and lesson that anyone can take from this, that if you want something to happen for yourself, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to create those opportunities. And sometimes it means doing something that a lot of us are not doing, which is reaching out to people via DMs and connecting to people and doing that. So I really applaud you on that effort. Tell me, did you see any other women creators in this field? Was there anyone who helped you on this path? Because my own experience has been that it can be a quite isolated path. And so I'm just curious how that unfolded for you. You know what? The irony is, even though I was so, I guess, ballsy to go and contact people, publications and stuff like magazines and whatever directly, I didn't 
actually really contact that many like influencers or photographers. I just admired their work from afar. There was maybe one or two that I perhaps asked for, you know, their advice. And that's where I can't remember the girl that I spoke to. I really can't. But I remember she actually gave me the idea of just be friendly, like how you are now and just send a direct message and then follow up with an email or something, or at least try and get their email address. So that was one advice I was given. But everything else in terms of how to get my foot through the door and how to structure my photos and what to do with my path, I kind of just figured it out on my own. I'm still figuring it out. I'm not perfect at it. I'm still learning myself, but I would admire a lot of pages from afar. I'd notice what they would be doing on a daily basis. And it was a combination of showing a little bit of their personal lives, but also a lot of their work ethic and just their work in general. And the one thing that really stood out to me was consistency, just making your name known as much as possible. And I don't mean like flooding your Instagram with pictures and stories every single day, but it was some of the artists and photographers that I really admire now. They are consistent with their feed and what they put out there. And every day there's a story, every day there's a new image. And I love that. It's just those subtle little things I really love because it's like a psychological game. It's like the more times people see your name come up, the more they remember you and the more likely they're going to mention you when they want to work with you. Yeah. So I guess it was more admiring from afar. That's what I've done. We're going to link to Nancy's Instagram feed as well. So listener, take a look. She has some just beautiful images and every image tells a story and it's really consistent and it's really poignant and beautiful. So definitely check it out when you listen to this episode. What I would like to chat a little bit about now is tell me about some of the challenges that you've encountered on this path because it can sound so fabulous. We go, we travel, we take these images, we work with amazing publications, but this is not the most easy path in the world to take. So let's chat about some of the challenges. I say one of the biggest challenges I've had to face is rejection. It's so incredible to get featured with a brand and with a name and everything. But the run up to that, the lead is like how many pitches it's hard. It really is like, oh God, another one. Okay, another no. And then finally you hit the jackpot and it's, yes, this is a story that they're going to feature. So I definitely say rejection is one of them. But with that, I just, I don't know what it is with me. I do love a challenge. And for me, it's like forbidden fruit. When someone tells me no, I just want it even more. So I'm like, okay, you've just told me more. It's fine. I just keep trying. I'm not going to give up. I have no choice. I have to keep going. I'd say the other thing is, finances. I hate talking about money. I really do. But it's something that's very difficult at the start. I think anything, whether it's starting your own business, doing whatever it is that you want to do that's for yourself and you're quitting your job and you're coming away from stability, you're coming away from security and you're doing this on your own financially it's not smooth sailing. And I think a lot of people have to be prepared for that. There are moments even now where I think, 
oh my God, it's a little bit too quiet now. I still have bills to pay. Like what's going on? That's a challenge that I tend to face from time to time, but it just boils down to being consistent to keep going, to keep trying, because eventually you see it all the time. You do see people who get to that point where they've made a comfortable career and lifestyle out of pursuing their dreams. So it's very possible. And then I'm just thinking, those are probably the main two challenges. I think also trying to stand out in the travel industry, you've got a lot of established photographers who are, from what I've seen, they're usually contacted first for assignments. They've done this for so long. They've had to go through the same challenges. They've worked up to to getting to this point and they deserve it absolutely why not but it's like trying to now prove that you can also be eligible for the assignment or for the job or trying to prove that you can do just as well that is also a challenge because I guess a lot of companies a lot of brands they would rather work with people they've known for many years mainly because they trust that they're going to work with them and it's going to be very smooth yeah I guess the third one would have to be trying to stand out from the crowd and trying to prove that you are also worthy of that job oh I can relate to all of these and I just love so much what you said about how you react to rejection because I think that's really key a lot of times we react to rejection as you know they told me no okay that's horrible I don't like it okay that's a no but you get a rejection and you say okay what other story can I send you which is just such a great way to react to it because you're not taking a no for an answer almost in this situation and even more importantly you're not letting that that rejection be a judgment on yourself or your work, which I think in the end, what precludes us from taking action again, because we get that rejection and we think maybe it's not for me. Maybe my work is not good enough. Maybe I can't make it in this path. But you take it as, you know what, this one thing didn't work. Let me send you something else. What else can I send you? How else can we find a way to work together? Which is such a refreshing and amazing way to look at it, because that's really what's going to propel you forward in the end. Because you're so right. People see these big brands and they see these publications that we have. What they don't see is a mountain of rejections on which this publication stands. So it's important that we keep going when we get those rejections, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I try not to let the negatives get to my head because it's easy to get a little bit down. And I think in any sort of creative job, it's very easy to get quite upset and just feel quite low. It's quite natural to feel like that and it's okay to feel like that. But I just believe that's how you feel. Try and get over it as quickly as you can and then just get back to work and keep going. For me, I just think to myself, I've made it this far. If I give up now, I'm going to be right back at the start where I was craving all of the stuff that I've achieved. So I have no choice but to keep going. I still get rejections now. I just get excited and I think I've got another email for you. So (laughs) I'm going to send you another story. Yeah, I just keep going. That's it really. I'm very respectful to the people that I work with. I don't just throw everything and anything. I'm very careful with what stories I think would be suitable to what brands. I'm very strategic with these things as well. I don't just throw a load of nonsense at the wall and hope it sticks like I am very strategic but almost right away from when I get a rejection I instantly think to myself what else can I do what else can I write about what else can I put together to make this work that's my view I try not to let the negatives dwell too long in my head 
Oh, I love that. So much good advice you're sharing with us, Nancy. Tell me, what is bringing you the most joy right now in this difficult moment for travel creators? What are you working on this year that is bringing you hopefully some joy in this time? There isn't anything that I'm specifically working on at the moment for this year, but God willing, love to travel back to India and visit Amritsar in particular and visit the Golden Temple. I think it looks absolutely beautiful. So I'd love to go there. I would love to visit Egypt for the first time. It looks incredible. So I'd love to go there, shoot some content and perhaps write a few stories about that. But I think at the moment, what brings me the most joy is I've recently started taking up more of an interest in terms of my faith. And I've explored more of the topic of Sikhism. And I was very intrigued by the different religions. And Sikhism was the one religion that I felt really aligned with me. And I'm reading up a lot about that. And it just really installs a lot of peace and clarity makes me feel very grounded and very grateful for things. It's a very peaceful religion. So I think on a daily basis, I try to read more about it. With Sikhism comes meditation as well. So I try to meditate as well. And when I meditate, I show a lot of appreciation and practice a lot of gratitude. And I feel that given the current circumstances, fills me with a lot of hope, a lot of positivity, and just makes me feel a lot more calm about things and look forward to things and not really be scared of anything in the future. So I guess that's one thing that's bringing me joy at the moment. Yeah, I almost feel like this is such a useful tool to anyone on the creative path. I have started my own journey into meditation and mindfulness and spirituality a couple of years ago, and I've been following it for the past couple of years. And I find in the same way that it helps me be so much more grounded and calm and really deal with all these ups and downs of the creative path so much better, you know, because it's that whole idea of when you you take the ego outside of the equation, you're able to deal with all these things and rejections and all of that with so much more wisdom too. I think this is really relevant to anyone on the creative path. Um, I'm curious with everything that you've accomplished and you know all the challenges that you went through and all the rejections that you've heard, what advice would you give to someone who has an aspiration perhaps to become a travel photographer or writer? themselves and get into this industry and they're just starting on on this journey or perhaps even just thinking about it what would you tell them what would be the most important thing for them to think about I think there's just so much one thing I'll definitely say is try and invest as much time as possible. When it comes down to travel photography or writing, your pen or your camera has to be your best friend. I think definitely spend a lot of time doing that. I found that when I only spent maybe, you know, a limited amount of time when I was in the corporate world, if I only spent like maybe an hour or two, even though it's better than nothing at all, I felt like I wasn't achieving as much. But when I started to really try and invest like my weekends, my free time or lessen my workload and have more time for photography, that's when I started to see more results. So I definitely say, you know, invest a lot of time into it. Be persistent. Don't give up. Just don't even let that thought of giving up even cross your mind. It's not even an option. So just keep going. 
And then I'd also say when you've got your website and you've got your Instagram and you've got your photos and everything, I think just keep trying to improve it. Keep trying to improve the content that you have out there, not necessarily for others, but mainly for yourself. Just keep trying to improve your skills. I guess it ties into the whole invest time into it. You just want to keep perfecting your craft and gain more skills and everything when I first started photography it was just pictures and then somehow I fell into writing as well and that was never planned but I thought there's photographers out there that have so much under their belt I need to start adding more to it so that's when I thought I'll start improving my writing so yeah just really just keep improving yourself and your skills It's really great advice. And there's a saying where your focus goes, your energy flows. And so that's the point about, you know, setting time for investing into your skill, bettering your craft, all of those things that you can start doing before you even become this published photographer working with all these great publications. You have to start putting your focus into this path to be able to get to some of those places. So that's wonderful. I always close with this one question. And it's a really big question, but how would you start answering what does it mean to be a woman who is stepping into her brilliance today? Oh gosh, that is a hard question. What does it mean? I think it just means that I'm just fearless. I think a woman that's stepping into her own today, I think it just means that she's just not scared of anything. She's not easily influenced by other people. She's not discouraged by challenges, by setbacks. She's just absolutely fearless. When I look at how far I've come and how much growing I've done, I'm just so proud that I've not let anything scare me and I've become very strong, very confident and there's not really much that scares me. You know, I do have my moments where I think, oh God, what if? But I mean, overall, I think a woman coming into her own today it just means that she's just absolutely fearless and she's just taking life by the horns and she's just going for it. So beautiful, Nancy. So beautiful. I'm so glad we got to speak today and I'm so glad we got to hear all this amazing advice and stories and wisdom from you. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. I really appreciated it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for sharing an hour of your day with us today. I hope you found this episode with Nancy useful. And if so, please consider leaving us a review so that more listeners could find our show. Thanks again. And I'll see you next week for an episode in which we'll dig into the real ways we can pursue the creative path.